Hey, Scott and John here with Bible Mysteries. We want to thank you for being a listener, but we'd love to invite you to become a subscriber. Absolutely. This will only help us to expand the amount of people that we're able to reach and show the secrets in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. And if you subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast, you get some great benefits. Access to every current episode, the full thing, even with our interviews and any special events we do. Plus, we have downloadable show notes. We have our community forum and Slack that you can join. And we have our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter. So for just $7 a month, you can help support us get the word out and defeat the satanic global elite. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 125, Alien Abductions. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Hello and welcome back to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. I'm John Potts, and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know about. Amen, John. And we are here with a very special guest. I want to introduce you to Karen Wilkinson. Hi. Karen was recently featured in Ellie Marzulli's latest film, which is coming up. It hasn't been released yet, right? No, it actually has been released. Oh, it has yeah, been released. I have a okay. copy here. Oh, you got it. If you can yeah, hold can it up, it. yes, it's it's called uh, the Coming UFO Invasion, or is this yes, another one? This is the four movie set. The four, section still, four. Okay. But you're right. Yes, and it's exposing the dragon's dark secrets, but mm-hmm. this is UFO disclosure, right? Mm-hmm. And Karen is one of several uh, abductees that has been in the movie. Uh, Karen is a wife, a mother, a grandmother, <laughs> who worked in the tech industry for many years before retiring to raise her family. Karen is a saved believer in Christ and has had the experience mm-hmm. of being abducted multiple times since her childhood. But she is currently a student of the Institute of Biblical Anthropology. Yes. Now, you're, are you studying under Dr. Judd Burton? Yes. Okay, fantastic. Which is fascinating. It's uh, I'm going to definitely ask you about that. Yeah, I'm just then, starting, so not too many questions. Okay, not too many. I won't get too deep. And you'll have to tell me more about it. But yeah. she's currently writing a paper, uh, on, or several papers actually, on the alien abduction subject. Uh, from a Christian perspective, and working on a book on the topic as well. So today she has graciously agreed to appear in Bible Mysteries to discuss with us her encounter with extraterrestrial beings and what she believes their agenda might be. So Karen, welcome Thank to you. Bible Mysteries. Thank you. Thank yep. you for having me. Yep. It's, it's a blessing to be here. here. It is a blessing to have you for sure. And before we dive in too deep, I do want to shout out that our seekers that are sponsoring this episode today, who joined us in October of last year, are Kayla L., Jessica U and Humphrey B. So as always, John, we're grateful to all the seekers, all the people that subscribe. And of course, if you're hearing this and you've never subscribed before, we appreciate your support too. But we'd like you to know if you want to hear the entire episode of my interview with Karen, you can subscribe to hear the whole thing. You'll get to hear a portion of it. All the free listeners hear portions of our special guests 
But uh, when you get to the point of wanting to hear everything, we'll need you to subscribe. And believe me, it's going to be worth it. Karen, <laughs> uh, I'm excited about your discussion with me today because, uh, of course, John and I met you very recently. Yes. And uh, you were gracious enough to come down to be uh, one of our participants in the oh. summit we just had with Ryan. I hope you enjoyed that. Oh, you thank you for inviting me. That was such a wonderful event. Ryan was just amazing to meet and speak with in person. And yeah. looking forward to your next event. I, I, I am yeah. too. This was such a great event. I was thrilled to be there. We thought it went very well as a first inaugural effort. Yeah. You know, yes. we, we learned from it. Yeah, well, yeah. the kinks worked out this year. It'll just it went better. so fast. We were like, oh my gosh, it's over already. It, it did. Was so fast. Yeah. And I was worried we wouldn't have enough material. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we really could have covered it. Oh, we could have gone on. You could have had a three-day event. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. that's true. It was, it was really great. We'll, we'll get to that point someday, Lord willing, <laughs> should he tarry. So let's talk about your experience. I mean, obviously, uh, you had uh, shared the fact that you began experiencing these abductions as a very young child. Yes. And uh, if I understood you properly, this really occurred in a home that you, you weren't raised in really a Christian home or didn't have a testimony of salvation until later in life. Right. Okay. We, we went to church, mm-hmm. and we knew about Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I never knew about being born again until I was 18. And my roommates and I, one of my roommates um, knew that. And and uh, we all were born again together. So, wow, that's um, awesome to know that you had yeah. friends get saved yeah. in the same experience. We were listening to music and it had some scary words to it. And we were, what are the words to the song? And it led us, my friend's like, I know there's something about that in the Bible. And she pulled out her Bible and we were all born again and saved that night. And amazing. Wow. Do amazing. you recall what the song was or do you share? I do. Care to I, share? Is it okay to share it? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it was Duran Duran Election Day. Interesting. And I, I remember the band, of course. And I remember several songs, but I don't remember that particular one. What do you recall was the scary lyric? Well, most of it was was just poignant in that it was pointing to what my friend said, oh, the Bible talks about this. And oh. it was so it was talking about, you know, sacred and bound to suffer the heat wave and um, I pull my shirt off and pray. And, you know, it just knowing that they had made a choice not Interesting. to, yeah. to yeah. follow God and to follow the truth. Wow. And that their truth was different, that they were going to suffer the heat wave. Wow. Know, I don't know, maybe I'm misinterpreting that, but to us at that point in time, yeah. it was a blessing because it put us into our Bibles. Yeah. And then that path just led us into going to spirit-filled churches. Yeah. And, you know, of course, then my family decided I was in a cult because I was <laughs> born again and spirit-filled and believing in the gifts of the spirit. Right. And, um... You know, um, you do tend to encounter a lot of um, some pushback. Oh, yeah. When, yeah. You, when you're on the right track, you can expect some attacks. I, I, I can definitely relate yeah. to that. I, yeah. I had, a, you know, a, a similar experience when I did become... Uh, interested in the Word of God, that my family sort of changed their Yeah, they're like, uh, oh, you're one of those. You're yeah. one of those. I'm like, yes, I'm one of those. I'm saved. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm grateful. You right. know, I mean, what's wrong with being happy? You know, exactly. <laughs> and joyful and and blessed. Well, I'm fascinated by that. I, I, that's something I didn't know yeah. uh, about mm-hmm. the Duran Duran song. And it's interesting to me because I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. And um, I grew up, you know, listening to music too and playing an instrument and never thinking twice about the meaning of those lyrics, you know, uh, until I got older and didn't realize what we were putting into our minds, you know, and and what they were trying. And I, I came to learn, for example, and you may already know this, that David Bowie 
was steeped in the occult. Oh, very much and so. We learned last, that after that as well. We, yeah. We changed our music up really quickly and wow. went into Christian music. Yeah. You know, bands back then like Michael W. Smith and Petra oh, yeah. and Amy Grant. Of course, in the 80s, we had just a plethora of new Christian music artists coming on the scene. So yeah. we were very fortunate in that respect. And we went from one concert to another. And oh, just, yeah. Oh, it was such a great way to go through those years, those yeah. formative years, where right. there were so many other things we could have been getting into, and we weren't. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned Michael Smith because um, I, I went to high school, and one of my best friends in high school grew up to write songs for Amy Grant, Michael oh, Smith, wow. and a number of yeah. Christian artists in the, in the early days. Uh, wow. So, um, yeah, I, I just find that um, it, it's so much worse now with the, the occult symbolism in videos, music videos and things. It's just gone it's, off the rails. It's part of the satanic attack on children. We're, we're going to do a podcast. Right. Right. It's and absolutely it's coming up. It's just so widely accepted. Yeah. Things that were taboo and you wouldn't see on MTV or on TV or on shows. It's just yeah. Very widely accepted. And, and even the 80s music is tame compared to today. Oh, very you know? much so. And yeah. back then it was as risque as it could be, <laughs> you know, right. Madonna and all that. Right. Um, so then uh, you said that, uh, so you got saved when you were, was it 16? 18. 18. And then, uh, so prior to that, though, other than, uh, we'll call it like a cursory exposure mm-hmm. to Jesus through your family. Yeah, we went to church. Yeah. We went to Bible school, to Sunday school. Mm-hmm. And they were just your kind of basic churches yeah your basic kind of denominations sure yeah most people have a religious experience that's similar to Mm -hmm. some form of denominational religion i would think and and in general it's what probably turns a lot of people off and they they hear the stolidness and the the ritual and the the repetition and they think this is worship i don't care for it and I'm sure it's designed by Satan to push people away from the Word yes, of God. Yes, it was all, look, and, and some of it seemed to me like, you know, look your best, sit quietly, mm-hmm. you know, don't say anything, do as they say, follow these rules, you know, there was, yeah. there wasn't a lot of finding your own spiritual path. Right. And which is what drives a lot of people to the New Age movement, which right. is, which is basically Satanism mm-hmm. re- right. rebranded. Right. But, right. but in a package that's more exciting and oh, more yeah. alive to right, them. become right. one with yourself. <clears throat> right. We and all I, become one together. We are the creator. And you I found myself, oh, yeah. Right? right? Yeah. And I found um, myself in that movement for a good year or so, um, mm-hmm. thinking I was, knowing I already had my Christian faith, but then going into that movement thinking this was a, just an extension of that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then realizing one day I'm listening to someone going, hmm. No, it's not about me. Yeah. It's about the glory to God. I'm not hearing anyone give the glory to God in yeah. this. And I start, no, let me pay attention to the next one. Nope, still not giving the glory hmm. to God. Something is wrong here. Mm-hmm. Got on my knees and prayed, and God just broke me free of it. Amen. Wow. You know, but it was so, it was just such a slow, gradual process that I get sucked into it so yeah. easily. Which proves I that it. being saved doesn't make you immune to that, no. that uh, enticement. No. In fact, I think it makes us more of a target. Oh, yeah. Uh, we it certainly will talk about being targets of paranormal whatever that yeah. Satan does. Even when we don't know the Lord, but certainly after we know the Lord, then he knows, well, you're enemies. Now oh, yeah. now you are yes. literally you're on a threat. A threat. Because that's a great way to put it. Oh, yeah. So, Karen, talk to us about uh, when the experiences began mm-hmm. and what you think um, was the uh, first time you encountered this uh, beings that, that abducted you. First, that I can remember, um, because I know that there was an encounter when I was a baby that I've been told about, mm-hmm. where my mother, and my grandmother, and me and my sister were in a car, and a craft came over the car, and they stopped and pulled over and got out of the car. 
And then that's kind of the end of the story. Then they went home. So, you know, I don't know if there was missing time there. I don't know if anything happened to me then. Yeah. There was clearly an exposure at that point. But your mother and your grandmother got out of the car and you stayed in the car with your sister? Well, I was in an infant seat, so I don't remember. So they were just looking up. Yeah. Yeah. Big eyes to the It was over the car. It wasn't like it was far away. This was like, you know, within 25 feet. Did they ever describe in detail the craft or anything about it? It was. Sort of an oval saucer shaped with mm-hmm. orange lights coming out of the windows. They mm. say lots of windows mm. around it, and um, that's pretty much it. That's okay. pretty much all I remember. Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, right, please continue. And from there, I remember um, being abducted from my grandmother's their farmhouse um, from probably four or five years old. I was very young. Mm. Um, and I remember, you know, wanting to hide at night and my sister telling me it doesn't matter. You can't hide. They can see you through the house. I can see you. She said, I can see you through the house when I'm up there. I'm like, well, you know. I so mean, these are conversations we're having, but we're not saying UFOs yeah. or aliens because we don't know what those things are. Yeah. We just know we're being taken. Now, your sister was older? Yes. At the time? Years, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so she was telling you as her younger sister, you can't hide. Right. Oh, because right. I wanted to get in a suitcase under the bed and zip it up. I thought that might be the best way to hide. Because <laughs> right. not only under the bed, but I'm also in another thing, right? And so they that would really protect me. There was just no way to hide. You know, they and would, so clearly she'd experienced something, too. Yes. She said, I can see yeah. you through the house. Yeah, and we've never spoken about it, and I don't, you know, have a, I don't have a relationship with her right now. But um, So I can't speak for her on right. that. But sure. I can say that was a conversation that we had but as had young children. Okay. But we didn't say aliens or UFOs. We didn't know what those things were. We didn't have that vocabulary. It was just them, the ones that came to get us. So even as children, without the understanding of, ETs. Yeah, you knew there was a they, there was an other, some group. Um, As a child, did it even enter into your mind? Were they human beings or something else? Or was it just the people in your mind? Well, they weren't people. I knew that as a child because they didn't all look like people. Okay. And, you know, I was uh, sometimes would wake up wherever I was, um, wake up when I was being transported. There was one thing I can only describe as being underground on a train. So I you know, remember having my little blankie and sitting in this seat, and it was cold, and you know, just things oh, you remember oh. as a small child, or you know, coming. I had these pajamas that had back then they had the elastic around like the ends of the wrists and the mm-hmm. ankles, and they'd be inside out when you come, you know, back to your when you wake up in the morning, oh, wow. that kind okay. of thing. Um, but it, it felt like being in a train. Uh, one of the times I woke up for sure, yes, huh. there were times. There's a lot of elevators that we would go in that I thought as a child the elevators were going sideways. <laughs> now okay. I realize it was probably some other vehicle. Um, yeah. Some of them seemed like they would go diagonal. Some went up and down. Some went side to side. So even when you had the sense of being in a train, do you think you were actually in, say, a subterranean type of like a subway it vehicle? Felt, yeah, because or was it in a craft that was flying through the air? Oh, I, it was, I was in both, but in that particular instance, I remember going down in elevators. You distinctly remember mm-hmm. it being subterranean. Yeah, okay. yeah, going going down. Um, Fascinating. And, and, of course, we, you know... It's hard to say where down, you know, that, yeah. that I don't know. So well, and, of course, as a child, your recollection is going to be... It's going to be, uh, I remember very little from my childhood. Yeah, it's just pieces. But I, I think it's interesting that you, that that was your perception because, and your recollection. Yeah. Because we think about UFOs and UAPs, whatever they're calling it now, mm-hmm. uh, and we think of them as being in the sky. Mm-hmm. But clearly, we've seen evidence that they can be submerged in the water. Right. And mm-hmm. then uh, also, there could be you know, uh, under 
underground, okay. subterranean mm-hmm. ter- extraterrestrials. Did you have any sense this was submerged in water or strictly in a cave of some type of tunnel? No way of knowing that. You see, two, no two way to know that. But I, you know, there were humans, people that looked like humans, and people that didn't look like humans. Clearly, the Greys were the most traveling in the same vehicle. In the same vehicles, yes, or in the places where we would end up. Where were you in the, okay. that would come? The ones that would come to the room were always the gray-looking aliens, the ones you hear, the typical grays with the gray right. or translucent skin, the big black eyes, the um, large heads, of course, the very of course. thin arms. and The, the stereotypical hands. grays. Yeah. And then when you first recall this encounter, or at least the one you're talking about where you feel like you're traveling in some vehicle... Mm-hmm. Uh, when the Greys appeared, obviously you're a child, so you're probably frightened anyway. Oh, yeah. But was there something distinctly frightening about seeing these Greys? Like, obviously they didn't look human. Did right. that en- enhance the fear of, of what you were experiencing? I mean, I think anything that you're not familiar with yeah. as a child is going to be scary. Sure. But the scariest thing was the feeling that you'd get. And the feeling, if you were awake, would come on you before they even showed up. You knew something was about yeah, to happen. Yeah, you can. In all my life, and oh. as, a, as an adult, even when they would come, I could still feel that the feeling comes on you before they are even in the room, or before mm. your you know sleep paralysis had been just a part of and has been a part of my life until I learned how to stop this. Yeah, you know, sleep paralysis was just a normal thing. Uh, finding myself awake in my bed at you know three three thirty in the morning. Why am I wide awake? Why am I tired? Why am I so thirsty? Things like that. You know what happened? Yeah. You know? Um, and this is a normal part of life. By the way, you and I briefly spoke about um, sleep paralysis mm-hmm. just the other time we spoke. And um, I, I shared with you one experience that I had with it, which I'm not going to get into right now. But it made me wonder about that, you yeah. know. Uh, and there's a, so as a young child, I did experience some things like that. Not abduction. Mm-hmm. I have no rec- recollection of an abduction. But yeah. I do recall um, this This. It, Thing she calls sleep paralysis, and you just said something that triggered a, a memory in me when you said oh. the biggest fear was feeling the sense that something was about to happen. I recall having that same sensation oh. when I was about to have one of these dreams. I, I called them dreams, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like, oh, I, I don't want to go to sleep because I know I'm going to have that dream. I'm floating, oh, you know, yes. and it's weird. Why? How could you know what you're going to dream? You know. Okay. So anyway, don't. This is not about me, but I just wanted to. No, you said it. It was it, so striking well, to me. So I had to, into that. Did it feel like it was a dream state, or because I don't dream very vividly, right? Like yeah. when I dream, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm watching a movie or something. But I know mm-hmm. other people when they dream, they say, "No, I feel like I'm really there." Lucid, good. lucid yeah. dreams. Yeah. Right. How How about you, Karen? Was that yeah, when I'm just dreaming? They're like silly little, very light. Nothing mm-hmm. I, I can't even remember. Yeah, same here. Um, but when when I know I've experienced or felt something, it's different. I know it's not a dream. Okay. Um, and then there are times when I do will be like, is that a recurring dream or did that happen? And those are the things I'm not going to say happened because I don't know for sure. Yeah. But right. I have some crazy recurring things that are possibly screen memories or things that, you know, because there were times when I was abducted where they would... Um, make things look different mm-hmm. so that I wouldn't be scared or so that I would not remember what actually happened. Wow. So they can they can manipulate, as in L.A. Marzulli says this a lot, space, time, matter, and energy. 
to their whim because we're talking about a different race of creatures. Yeah. We're talking about aliens. You've got to with technology get that's beyond our capability. Right. Yeah. And I want to back up for a second to what you said about your experience because mm-hmm. I think this is really important. I think there are a lot of people who have had experiences, sleep paralysis experiences, terror experiences, mm-hmm. night terrors, things like that. Um, there's a very good book about that called They Only Come Out at Night. Hmm. You can find that one on lamarzuli.net as well um, on that website. But um, she talks a lot about ways to deal with that. But I think there are a lot of people who have that. And it's important to share that it's not you're not alone in that. Yeah. You know, that many of us have experienced these things that no one wants to talk about. Of course. You know, who wants to believe you when you say, I've been abducted by some, you know, crazy alien, whatever they are, beings. I mean, or I've had these sleep paralysis experiences. I've had these feelings of dread, these feelings of, of terror. Um, you know, God is here for us to protect us from that, to take us away from that. So I think it's important that you share that too, because there are ways to stop that. There are ways to get out of that. And that is, I'm glad you said that because I think I will add that to an upcoming uh, episode Good. we're going to do about alien abductions. And uh, I've been thinking about talking about it anyway as, as a matter of course. Good. But it's so funny that you had said that whole that idea of the fear of sensing something was about to happen mm-hmm. because for me, more often than the sleep paralysis, it was just recurring nightmares. Mm-hmm. And I always find it odd that there could be times when as I'm falling asleep, the sense of, I'm going to have that nightmare. Mm-hmm. And how can you know what you're going to dream? Right. Yeah. You know, and, and only as a child, never as an adult. But, uh, and then ended up having that nightmare and either waking up from it or experiencing that sleep paralysis that does not feel like a dream. Right. It so actually feels very much like you're awake <laughs> and you can't move. Like you're, you're, you can see through your closed eyes and you can feel your body floating down the hallway. Right. But, you're, but you want to scream out and you can't. You can't move. It's a strange thing. Yeah. And I, I may not have experienced, but just a fraction of it. But anyway, I'm, I want no, to get it, back to your experience. Yeah, but some of those things are very real experiences <clears throat> yeah. that people have. And I've spoken to a lot of um, abductees. And one thing we all have in common, and you'll see that on the UFO Disclosure movie, but with other people I've talked to as well, is that we all get that sense of dread before something's about to happen. Mm. You feel the evil come into the room. Yeah. You feel the change in the air. You feel it's almost... You know, like your hair, like electricity. There's right. something yeah. changes in the energy, and something changes in you too, and and how they, how you're able to respond, and wow. that's why you know putting on the full armor of God and being protected and being born again is I such mean, an important spirit filled is such an important part of stopping this. But that's another conversation it, well, for another is, day, but, I think. But. but it ties into something John and I talked yeah. about recently too, which is that. You know, we we both um, have similar uh, experiences in uh, a doctrinal position of Scripture Mm -hmm. that he pretty much grew up with that I uh, encountered as a teen. And it was it was nothing wrong with it. It was good, sound biblical teaching and it's solid. But the focus was so much on that and so little on the spiritual warfare that we fight. And I feel like um, that myopia blinded us to the actual battle that Paul warns about in Ephesians 6. And that, mm-hmm. as because of that, I don't feel like I adequately prepared my children for it because they all have testimonies of salvation, but they grew up in that sort of a, a rigid mindset of just yeah. theology, uh, doctrine. And, um, you know, it wasn't until they became adults and moved out that I realized 
their primary targets. Because certainly our ministry mm-hmm. uh, as grown adults is attacked by Satan. Well, so are they going to be too. And he's going to attack through, we'll get into our, Satan's attack of our children yes. in a few episodes. But they're going to be distracted by politics, entertainment, lures of the world, all of There's it. There's so much out there to distract our children yeah. and, and to and pull the, them away. The church focuses, and this is not a bad thing, but the church focuses so much on the finished work of Christ, mm-hmm. right? Right. The death, burial, the resurrection. Yeah. And now, if you believe that, that now you're a Christian, well, then when you start hearing uh, stories, or, or not stories, sorry, but accounts of people being abducted by aliens, yeah. and then the government comes out and mm-hmm. releases 16 pages of documents yeah. saying, hey, they're real. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now imagine you're a young person and you believe they're Christians, right? This is something that seriously challenges their faith. True. Wait a second. Yeah. How can that be true in the Bible? I believe in God, but now you're telling me there's these other creatures? Like, what is that, right? Right. And that Satan is using that as an attack on our children, not just our children, but people in general, to to challenge their faith and to to pull them away from their faith. Amen. And and speak to what John just said, Karen, because you said that's something you can relate to. I think I can speak to that a little bit, because especially now, it's becoming more and more widely popularized, the UFO phenomenon, Mm -hmm. UAP. Um, you're seeing more of it on TV, more and more disclosure, more and more events, um, more of the things that I did in my interview with L.A. came out then in um, government disclosure a few months later. You know? Wow. And it was, it was funny, the timing of them. I'm so glad we did our interview when we did. Yeah. Because it was before they admitted to those things. But so we know that there's something going on, right? And we know biblically that we have demons. We have daemons. We have mm-hmm. what are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. Right. What are the Nephilim? The Nephilim are the <clears throat> progeny or the children of the fallen watcher angels, the 200 who fell and took of them wives of whomever they chose. Right. Genesis 6. And Genesis 6. <clears throat> so when those, when those Nephilim were destroyed at whatever time they were killed or destroyed, <clears throat> their spirits didn't go up to be with God, the Father. They didn't go to Jacob's bosom. They went just to wander. And right. and you find in Jesus testimony in the Bible it um you know he's casting demons out yep. of people mm-hmm. into the swine they're like you know why have you come to judge us you know so soon before our time you know Correct. things like that because they know their judgment isn't yet. So those demons are out there. We know that they're out there. Right. And they have a I believe from my experience they have a direct link into this UFO UAP phenomenon. What we're dealing with here is not something good. It's something evil. And that's why you feel that evil before they come in. And this is what links it back to the Bible. And this is what gives it some credence is because we know that there are dark forces. Right. And we know it because it is everywhere in our movies, in our music, in our media. It is everywhere. It is admitted to. It is it is very clearly stated that it's there. And we know that we have these demonic entities, right? Yeah. And that they need a vessel yeah. with which to be able to live in. Or they, to seek. Be able to, yeah, they seek. They to seek inhabit. a vessel yeah. because as a, as a spiritual, in a spiritual realm, they can only do so much. Yeah. They can influence, they can, they can influence and harm in certain ways. But, you know, we're in a physical, tactile world. Yeah. And they need to get into a physical body to be able to approach us in a physical world differently than they do in a spiritual way. Amen. You know, it's so fascinating you brought that up because right before you arrived for this interview, John and I wrapped up an episode about the chariots of the gods. Mm-hmm. And we had a discussion of 
there's such an influence of Christoplatonism in Christianity today where we don't think from the spiritual mindset of this book. Right. We, we apply a Western way of thinking yes. to this book. And when we do that, the word spirit itself, we often, and even John, I asked him, mm-hmm. what does it come to mind? And we sort of think it's like a ghost. Mm-hmm. But angels are spiritual beings, but yes. they're corporeal. They have bodies. Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks. They're physical. Mm -hmm. They can... They can appear and eat and do things like when they met right. with Abraham, right? right? Uh, Christ himself rose from the dead, ate broiled fish in a honeycomb, right? Appeared as a fleshly form, yeah. And I think we've got to divorce our thinking from this idea that anything in the spiritual realm is like a wispy vapor, right? Like a ghost, a Casper right. type thing, and that it's there. These are, you know, the word hosts in the Bible means armies, right? There, there's a battle that's been going on, absolutely. And yes. and I think all of that ties back into why you've experienced what you've done. Yes. I, I, I want to come back to that and Mm -hmm. talk about uh, the the demonic connection to these beings. But I want to go back and pick up where your encounters were. No, I don't know. It's fine. We can go back. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to it, believe me. I I don't mind how we go about it. But I was fascinated by the the journey you were taking, Mm -hmm. experiencing a gray, Mm -hmm. other entities. You saw human beings as well as though they were on Mm -hmm. the journey. What else did you see in 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 that or any subsequent mm-hmm. uh, abduction? I mean, the the abductions um, were uh, many of them were were um, were in the initial times earlier in life in my mm-hmm. child, young childhood were phys- examinations, mm-hmm. physical examinations, yeah. um, blood uh, taking samples from me, mm-hmm. um, examining just every part of you know my physical structure. Right. Um, and um, co- normally we would see I would see the the grays around a table working, and but there were other people around people in what looked like some sort of military uniforms. Sometimes there would be I would be in there with other children sitting did it at little look tables. Like a human being, though? Mm-hmm. They it did. Like a person, not they a, did. Not mm-hmm. a cross between an, a, a gray and a person. There were. Beings that looked similar to human beings, but clearly were not human. I didn't okay. like them wow. at all. There were these beings that looked, they were very tall, very blonde. They looked like they could be members of my family. And I say this because <laughs> I had an um, an, un- an uncle, my aunt was much older than my father. And so her children were about 18 years older than we were. And I wouldn't go to them <laughs> because they were tall and thin and blonde oh, and, yeah. and very fair-eyed, fair-skinned, and they looked like them. And I was terrified. I remember as a small child, I oh. would not go to them. I would just scream bloody murder. So would, you, would it be fair to say that these are what some people describe as the Nordics? I'm guessing, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, I never knew of a name to put on them, right, but yeah. it sounds like what those people sounds describe. Like and and yeah. you, you sensed more of a fear of them than maybe even the Greys? Or were they equally fearful? I think as a child, you're afraid of anything that isn't sure. isn't what you're used to. Yeah. And the Greys gave off just this evil, just this yeah. sense of almost contempt and disdain. Like right. they were doing a job that they didn't want to do, but they didn't have a choice. 
and they couldn't do anything about it. And they were just, there was contempt, mostly oh. contempt. I felt like jealous, you could sense jealousy that. and contempt were the two things I sensed the most from that. Interesting. And um, as far as the Nordics, they just were, they seemed angry. <laughs> they were angry. just not nice. Um, do you think that's what they were? The Nordics were, um, it, it, knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. as, a, as a believer, as a student of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the Nordics are um, indicative of the actual fallen angels? I believe so. Uh, think yeah, so? I think that there are there are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim that are kind of the worker bees for yeah. them, and then I think that there are actually fallen entities, fallen Benai Elohim or heavenly mm-hmm. entities. I mean, I, I call them angels. I know that's a term, a specific type yeah. of, but uh, so I, but to keep it easy, yeah, I think there though there were different kinds. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know biblically there are so many. We don't even know how many different kinds of uh, beings God created mm-hmm. before us. We're and we know that there are many, many. And yeah. when they talk about the hundreds of thousands of thousands of thousands in the throne room and in yeah. different places in the Bible, I mean, you, you hear and you see of so many different kinds. So for me to see half a dozen different types of beings was just seems wow. you know, pretty wow. it seems to me pretty logical having read my bible that those could exist yeah. and these clearly were uh, were different they were more in charge they were um they had an agenda do, do there was other, a hierarchy there was definitely a hierarchy do other sure. abduction survivors that you've talked to um have these same accounts yes it's so funny how similar we'll be sitting and talking on Zoom calls or in person or over the phone, and we'll be like, yes, I had that same thing, and then blah, 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 and the other person will be like, yes, exactly, and then, blah, blah, you know, and it's amazing to get together with other believers and especially other Christian, you know, other Christian believers who've been abducted and, and those who are not Christian and help to, them to find their way to, to be able to stop these things through, through salvation and through being spirit-filled. But um, just to talk, and we all share the same experiences. And, you know, we've never met before. Yeah. And you can see an example of that at the end of this movie, where Ellie brings the four of us that are in that movie together for the first time. We've never met. And we sit down and talk, and we're all telling the same story. And we're all just so excited to meet each other and to be together that now we all get together on a Zoom call once a month and we bring more and more people into this call. And, you know, as, the, as that's happening, we realize that's something that we hope we can do more with because I think there's a there's a need for us to have a place wow. to go and to share and, hey, to, and to have fellowship and, and brotherhood with each other in um, dealing with this. Because uh, there's a lot to deal with, and I have dealt with a lot of yeah. PTSD from this. Oh, I can't you. even imagine. We're, we're even going to get into that. Oh, yeah. And I'm so excited that that happened. I think it was a stroke of genius or the, certainly the leadership of the Holy Spirit for L.A. to bring you guys together the way He's, he did. And open that possibility yes. for healing. John, I think you were going to say something. Um, I, I, we need to get into the Zoom call and discuss that. But before we do, because mm-hmm. that's going to be a big session, the human beings that not only mm-hmm. you saw, but other people that you mm-hmm. talked to on the Zoom calls, are they always human beings that you're familiar with? Like you mentioned in L.A.'s movie, there was a, a principal, I think. Right. That's mm-hmm. Or is it just human beings, and then you're like, that's obviously yes. a human being, right? Right. Because we, and the reason I'm asking this is we talk a lot about the satanic global elite, yes. right? People that are yes. influenced by satanic powers. And I'm wondering how much 
those people have and this whole agenda that's going on. Right. Like human beings. Yes. So in the movie, when I talk about the gentleman who looked like my principal, he looked like my principal. He wasn't my principal. Okay. Now, they could have given me kind of what they call a screen memory to make one of them look like an authority figure in my life so Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't follow and be... Um, a good girl, sure. do what they told me to do. Compliant. And trust me, this has made me a very compliant young person and young woman, which did not bear well for me because that's not my general nature. And, and they didn't um, care what impact it had on your right, normal they did not life. Care. No, no. They, they I was, just, as long as they fit their agenda. I was yeah. a mouse in a cage that they plucked out whenever they Ugh. wanted to do another experiment. Wow. And it didn't matter what they did. And the things they did were horrific. And I won't talk about those things yeah. I don't, on here that I don't think it's appropriate. I will be writing about some of those things uh-huh. in the book that I'm working on, but I will say there were, yes, there were humans there because they utilized me in ways to, and I'll write about this, and you'll be able to read about this in the future, about in ways to keep these humans working with them from talking, from talking outside of where they were. So if I may, and I know you want to be careful about the content, yeah. But are we talking about um, blackmail? Like, for example... This will happen to your wives, your children, yeah. your daughters, if you don't do stay in line. If yeah. you don't... If you're not careful... So threats. They threaten threats. them. And, and they used people like me to show what would happen oh to gosh. these people's family members. So we're talking about abuse. Yes. Sexual abuse. Absolutely. Yeah. It, which is, they also... See, like, I think that's they, how they control you, the satanic... If you continue to provide... And oh God gosh. is the only reason Amen. that I survived that. Yeah. I will tell you right wow. now, I would never have been able to get out of that. I, oh, I, I don't know how anybody could come yeah. out of that, uh, except for Christ. It's a miracle. Yeah. Only, only his healing could it possibly. It is a miracle yeah. that I am sitting here today, yeah. and it is God's love and God's grace. Because, you know, then when you get into your word and you get into your prayer life and you deal with this, you realize my suffering is nothing compared to the suffering of others in this world, compared to the suffering of what Jesus did for me. Yeah. I and mean. it puts it in perspective. This 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 book puts everything in perspective and it helps you deal with anything. Anything that happens in your life, you can find an answer in here. Yeah. And I, that's I what just happened. Find it, I found the answer. Yeah, you, know? you did. You found, and, and it's it's uh, it's an amazing testimony of God's grace. Yeah. It yeah. really is. And healing. Because and supernatural healing. what you're talking about is is the great secret that's been held down and suppressed from the world, which is human trafficking, and particularly Mm -hmm. child sex trafficking, which nobody wants to admit is happening, has been going on for centuries, millennia, and it's always tying up the the elites. And I guarantee you, Pizzagate is real, pedophilia and all that amongst those ruling classes are real. And if if that's why they can control politicians, Mm -hmm. because if they ever got exposed, if that ever came out, the world would revolt if they knew. You know, so I, I didn't I want to. Yeah. That'll be a whole episode in itself, yeah. and maybe we'll have to have you. And I wasn't allowed to speak as a young child. I mean, they showed mm-hmm. me pictures of my family being, you know, screen images in my mind yeah. of my family being killed, executed right. in front of me, and it would be my fault. I mean, right. you're I remember you told that in John, LA's yes, film, I did. you're conditioned from a very young age when you're trafficked into this, and I do believe I was trafficked into this. I believe sure. that it was a family thing, hmm. and I, you know, obviously can't prove this, but I do believe there was a member of my family who was a highly high level Mason. I believe that there were just connections, and I believe that I was the right type for this as well. I and mean, they, maybe there's some hmm. oath or covenant that they get get into that requires right. the use of their. 
and right. descendants. Mm-hmm. To, wow. Because and and that's something that um, I can get into later too. Why I mm-hmm. why I felt like that finally made sense to me that that might have been why that happened. Yeah. But, so you you think it's iniquity based and not genetically? Oh, well, I think based. it's both. Oh, yeah, she's going to get into okay. the genetic. I do too. think it's both. Wow. Yeah, the wow. genetic part of it is is really strong, and I think I've really, um, in my own studies, because of what's happened to me, I've really delved into this deeply. I think I've, I, I've kind of uncovered some more reasons why it's why it's family lineage and why it's why it's genetically based. Yeah, hmm. uh, we, it, even to the point where she looks into blood type, eye color, yeah. uh, special traits. Genetic traits that they seem to be looking for. Yeah. And why? Before we get to that, though, I you you've said screen memories a couple times mm-hmm. now. Oh yeah. Now, um, obviously, you know, like I can barely remember anything that happened in my childhood. <laughs> you know, I, I remember notable right. events, going to Disneyland. You know, yeah, yeah, right. that kind Significant of Significant things. Yeah, in your mind. but but day to day, and and of course, that's a notable event. Mm-hmm. Do you think that um, for a long time in your life, you were um, th- these memories were masked? And you didn't recall them, or do you always remember vividly recalling uh, them? Uh, these have always been with me. Really? I think they're traumatic events, and I think as a child, think if you fall off your bike and you have a break your arm, mm-hmm. you don't forget that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> now, I don't remember all of the details, especially the parts that weren't very traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember always going up to the ceiling or going out a window, but then there's just pieces in between there that I don't remember because they were pretty benign. Mm-hmm. Nothing really special happened. Um but the traumatic portions of it, they don't leave you. Um, screen memories are something that they give you to cover up an event that they don't want you to remember. So, so they don't do it every time they abduct no, you? No, but they oh. there's a there's some times where I'll go, I would be abducted, and all of a sudden it would be like I was sitting on this one, and it was always the same place, this one little beach. It's like a beach that was probably, you know, 10 feet wide, <laughs> and it wasn't a very nice beach. It was too steep. There was, you know, it was it was very strange. And um, and it wasn't hot or cold, you know, so I know it was a screen memory. Yeah. Um, but they would always put that memory in front of me because that's something that I guess they figured out I liked. Huh. And um, so I knew they were blocking something. And sometimes yeah. you wake up and that just dissipates and you see what's happening around you. So you wake up during the event. Yeah, or you, 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 have a, you realize it's a screen memory. You're like, I don't want to see this. It's like you consciously make an effort to break away from it. Yeah. And sometimes you can, and sometimes you can't. And sometimes it's like being stuck in a prison. It's oh my. just, it's terrible. Would, would you wake up and then all of a sudden go back into the screen well, memory? It's almost like coming out of amnesia. They put you back during, into it. Yeah, they are like, they, oh no, and they'll come over and they'll touch your arm or put their hand over really? your head. Like, no. put their hand across your eyes or on your arm and can induce different kinds of feelings. And you feelings of calm, feelings of fear, feelings of excitement. Feelings Interesting. Of and, and John mentioned amnesia. Like, mm-hmm. So from a memory perspective, mm-hmm. do you think the screen memories were only designed to hide what they were doing at the moment, or were they designed to last to keep you from recalling it too? I think it's both. Really? To, to hide what they were doing at the moment and to provide something, to, a placeholder in your mind for what happened. Interesting. Because traumatic events are hard to forget. Yeah, exactly. And they tend to come in. like Because you know, your body's yeah. cell memory also, yes. you can't mask that. Right, yeah. right. And, yeah. and so there's some things that you just can't, you can't um, mask forever. Yeah. I'm finding, too, this is another interesting thing with the screen memories, with um, survivors of, of abductions, that some of these screen memories are starting to fall away. We're starting to remember more. 
Uh, all of you. All of us. And mm. Do you think sharing is provoking memories? That is definitely recall? helping. I think that is definitely yeah. helping. That is definitely a part. And I think another part is I think they're kind of wearing off. I just get this feeling that they're wearing off. Like the, yeah. the actual like deception is yeah, wearing off. I feel like they're kind of dissolving. The deception is wearing off. Now, that could be a part of our spiritual mm-hmm. walk. True. It could be a, something that has to do with the length of time or the time frame. Some of, some of them that I've spoken to kind of feel like, well, you know, when we were being abducted our, and people of a similar age to me felt like they kind of didn't know what they were doing in the beginning mm-hmm. as well as they do now. When we people who were abducted later on, it seems like it's a very tight tight ship. It's a very, very uh, well organized, very well understood how yeah. to carry this out with nobody even realizing what's happening to them. But for us, we weren't always asleep. You know, we were, there was we no were, anesthetic. We weren't applied. always, yeah, we weren't always kind of put, you know, because they kind of put you under, put you to sleep. And we have, oh, drugs, they do put you to sleep. Kind of, yeah, we have drugs today that do that where it's, yeah. you're not really under anesthesia, but you don't remember a thing that happened, but you're still pretty much awake enough to yeah. go through procedures yeah. with doctors. I, I'm guessing it's the same, mm. I mean, it's the same kind of thing, feeling that happens yeah. to you. But yeah. I think the things were different. I think they've, what they've done has come a long way, and and I think what they're doing genetically has come a long way as well. Yeah. Now, I want to get into the genetics about that. Um, right. Um, so, and I think to do that, it's probably better that we start with what you believe, and we already touched briefly on it, what you believe these entities actually are. Sure. So we don't, you don't think they're actually Martians. They're not no. <laughs> alien races on other right. planets that God right. created and never told well, us about. they could have lived on Mars at one time. They right. could even still be there for all I know. I don't we, know where we they We believe live. that's true. <laughs> yes. yes, and I, I did listen to them. <laughs> did that you? was really fascinating, by the way. I took the time to listen to that because I was I was really interested. It was amazing. Thank you. Um, but I know I don't have a lot of time to listen to podcasts, yeah. so I, oh, tell I wish I had more time because there's so many amazing things out there to listen and learn. I don't have time to read or listen to anything these days. But um, I, you know, I don't know where they live, where they come from. We know biblically that there are, you know, just myriads of, of beings True. out there. True. And I believe that that's what these are. These are a sector. I mean, there are so many different instances in the word of fallen um, sons of God. Yeah. Not just the Watchers, not just the right. 200 that fell then. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone gets stuck on that. But they that's do. not the only occurrence. And so that's right. not the only way that things can keep going, that the seed can continue to be corrupted. Right? Exactly. And and you may know this, Karen, but just for the sake of our audience, mm-hmm. um, my contention is, like you said, there's a myriad, uh, an untold number mm-hmm. of angels, the Bible right. says. and. One third of them appear to have joined Lucifer in the rebellion. Mm-hmm. So that's where this all started. Yeah. Millennia ago, whenever it was, there was right. a battle. And Lucifer tried to usurp right. the throne of that's God. That's a lot. That's a lot. And so we're talking untold numbers, so it could be billions and billions. Right. And yeah. one third of that are enemies of God. Yes. So if 200 was the number of those in the in the first incursion in Genesis 6. Mm-hmm. That's a very finite number. That's yeah. that's a fraction, not even a fraction of a fraction, a small of the total percentage. number of fallen entities. And while that number um, may have been angels that were the watchers that actually procreated with human mm-hmm. wives, we don't know the number of actual offspring they had. And we don't know if mm-hmm. those were the first 200 that decided to do it, but 
did other ones decide to join in? Yeah. We don't know. We yeah. don't know enough about it. It's, it's a very little, um, small amount of information that we have about that. We, we do, and we can't be sure that the book of Enoch is even correct with some of its details, right, even right. though it gives us more details mm-hmm. than right. the book of Genesis does, and it's historically significant, mm-hmm. but we have to always bring everything back to what we know we can count on as right. scripture. So we, we're guessing with a lot of it, right? right? That's a lot of, yeah, conjecture. But we can surmise that we know there's a third of the angels, Yes. so we know it's a lot. We know that there's any number of hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of demons, right. which would be, mm-hmm. the, from what we understand, the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim that died, right. all in opposition to God. And then we know there's countless billions of human proxies that are contrary to God Absolutely. and either are actively or unknowingly involved in the same battle, yes. right? And then, we, of course, we've got the satanic global elite that are willing human proxies yeah. because they're vying for leadership positions in the satanic kingdom that they think actually, isn't that true, they, they believe is, is going to win. Like, no. And so uh, they have no idea what's coming when the Lord no. returns. No. But uh, with all of that, then you you don't see the, these entities are actually, oh, there's a bunch of millions yeah. of galaxies and these are uh, there's other M-class yeah. planets. You know, this is something else. This is an yeah. angelically created fallen beings right. that may take on the form of Nordic, reptilian. Right. And by the way, did you ever see a reptilian? I did. Okay, describe that for us. So I had, yeah, and I'll back up a little bit. I think these beings are the, the heavenly hosts, the, you know, God's, angelic beings because why would they be evil if they weren't if they were just some other race from another planet why would that just amazing evil come over us these are not our benevolent space brothers coming to save us that's a line that is not I'm I'm sorry this may ruffle some feathers but that is not what they're here for and I can tell you that from first hand experience I'm sorry kidnapping little children is not that's benevolent behavior that is and by the way I want to ruffle feathers for anybody that's connected to that star child mentality because we believe that's the deception that's coming it is the deception and and it's coming to many people already and it's believed by many already and that is a huge deception and Mm -hmm. and that may be the great deception that God puts on people that could absolutely I I think it is that's what I think too my my personal opinion is that in the war of Revelation 12 Mm -hmm. when Lucifer and his angels are cast out of heaven and, and apparently confined to the earth they're going to, at that point, claim to reveal we are right. your alien ancestors. Right. We're here to save yeah. you. And everyone else we took so that we could kind of reprogram them. Right. So you'll see them later. Or yeah. maybe they're just going to live on Venus. <laughs> so you may not see them so and, and reptilians we're going to be gone up in the rapture. So. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So reptilians you yes, saw, are they... Are they um, do they look like lizards? I'm writing something about that, and they have a um, a different skin appearance, kind of a scaly, a different facial appearance. They don't look like a lizard crawling on the floor mm-hmm. exactly. One of them was with me from the time I was very young until the time, last time I remember being abducted. Mm. He appeared as a man most of the time. He could okay. change his appearance. But when we were, I had a little Stockholm syndrome going on with him. Okay. And when we were close, probably would, designed by him to to create that yeah, trust. Yeah, it, it created trust. I felt mm-hmm. like I could trust him. I felt like he kept me kind of safe from some of the other people and entities mm-hmm. that were there because there were some scary looking creatures in there. Um, really? Yeah. Scarier than a reptilian. Yeah, the things with the there. There's some with like triangle type faces and gangly 
like what they might call insectolins. That's the closest thing I could get. Yeah. And maybe looking I've like a praying mantis. A, right. I've never seen a picture that quite describes what I've seen, but it it kind of comes close. Okay. Um, okay. And, and bugs are scary. I'm they're sorry. They're kind of like, they're, I always call them <laughs> yeah. the corner sitters because they'd always be kind of sitting back in a corner, kind of crouched down. And just kind of watching over everybody, you know. Not just, actively involved in experiments. Not actively, but they were watching everybody, and they were. You could tell they were. You know, they were doing their mind speak with everybody, and just. Kind Did of, you get a sense they were somewhat in charge? Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah, they were. You they think were, the they big were some guys. of the highest rankings? I think they were higher than the reptilians. I think so. And the Nordics. Higher than the guy that I that was around me. The one okay. that was around me for sure. We'll go back to him. Describe yeah, him. Yeah, but I, I don't. That's pretty him. much it. I mean, that's all I had. That's all I could tell you about that because okay. that's pretty much all my experience was was seeing him off in a distance. Somewhere. Okay. So then, when you say most of the time he looked like a man, when he appeared as a man, did he have the scaly skin too, or was that? No. Or did he change his he shape? He changed. So he was a shape shifting sort of mm-hmm. creature. Yeah, and he didn't change too much. He had this this very um, chiseled features and a very um, just muscular, kind of athletic, mm-hmm. military build. Always okay. would appear in a military type. Uh, fatigues type looking uniform okay. and then um, then there were times when his face would just completely change and I yeah. could see the, and I'm not the only in, and in talking mm-hmm. to some of the women and some of the women women will approach me who've seen this movie and want to talk about their experiences and especially who've had the, the pregnancy issues that I had but and have had the same and I don't talk about that in the movie but um, have had these same experiences with the with the men that they were it seemed like we were all paired up with somebody those of us was who it were always part of a reptilian? It was always the same man. The, the same, same guy. creature. Same, same person. Same, yeah. Well, he was a guy. man, but then he wasn't yeah. a man. <laughs> yeah. What do you call I don't, him? I don't know. Same it. entity, yeah. 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 I never uh, even had a name for him. He do you just, believe, were, were you impregnated by these beings? They didn't have seed to impregnate, do you think? Or did they copulate no, with you? What? They, they, they did um, things, but what was... What was done was done outside the womb and then replaced back into the okay. womb and then taken back out again. So there was not a Rosemary's Baby kind of encounter. No, well, those things happened because really? they were going through the, they were going through the motions. There's a time, um, and I've never shared this on with anyone before, but there was a time when I went was taken and um, it didn't until recently. This memory just jarred back into my head and it was it was a very difficult one to uh, relive but mm. I was taken back and was holding a baby but it was a it was very um it, it didn't move like a normal baby it mm-hmm. didn't cuddle into me like my children just you know, cuddled into me. Sure, you, know, you couldn't yeah. tell where they began and I ended, or right. whatever. One began, the other ended. It was very kind of cold and almost lifeless, but it was alive. But it, and there's these little rooms. So, um, at the end of these hallways, there would be these rooms about the size of a room closet, and then down the rows would be these little cubby type rooms where there were little babies. And they hmm. took me into one of these little closet rooms and handed me. But this one was tiny, as clearly had just come out of whatever gestational yeah. goo they were putting it in, which we now know they can do um, here with yeah. the artificial wombs that they've created. Mm. Anyway, and there's another woman in the room, and it's such a small room, and I'm surprised she's in there, too. She got very mad at me because I did not want to stay, and I didn't want to hold that baby. And she was pretending to go through childbirth. 
So they're very big on the ritualistic side of things because I think they're tr- they're trying to figure out how to make everything work, you know. Mm-hmm. And so to they're trying to figure out is is any of this ritualistic because I'm assuming you know things weren't quite working. These babies weren't right. Yeah. And they're really working hard to try to create at the time and still are. And I and it feels as if they really um, perfected it <clears throat> more now, a hybrid being. Yeah. And you think that's been the, the the target all along is to create a hybrid being? Because we know about, yes. obviously, uh, genetic manipulation that took place in Genesis 6 mm-hmm. was just the, the interaction of a fallen angel, human right. being, mm-hmm. produced a Nephilim. We discussed briefly, we don't know what they were doing to animals, Yeah, but there right. were clearly There's in, clear in historical records of mythology, centaurs, minotaurs, right. chimeras of some type or another. Uh, and so the indication seems to be they were trying to corrupt God's creation, yes. but specifically Absolutely. targeting the human species so that the male child seed of the woman would never be born. Yeah. And we know that's the whole seed prophecy and the dragon, the serpent seed. But um, since that's been thwarted by the birth of Jesus Christ, obviously, yeah. why continue? What do you think is the agenda there? I believe the agenda is to corrupt as much of mankind as they can by creating the biggest army they can. Of hybridization. Of hybrid beings. Because then you can lure more. The more people you've got chanting your phrases, singing the praises of this other other entity, this other being the counterfeit Mm -hmm. to God, to Jesus, the more you have working towards pulling people away from God, the more right. people they're going to be able yeah. to pull away from God. So my feeling is, you know, creating this counterfeit army is going to be to fight, you know, A, we know there's going to be a battle, and we know to have a battle, you need an army. Yeah. We know God's got his armies. That's right. And we know Satan only took a third. So he knows he's outnumbered. And God stopped the uh, creation of the Nephilim in Genesis 6, or at the time of Noah. Yeah, destroyed. And them. I believe they've been working towards getting back to that this whole time, and that's where we are now. That so, is a fascinating. And that's the crux of the book that I'm working on. Okay, part, and part of it. Well, now I, I can't wait for it. To hear the rest of our fascinating interview with Karen Wilkinson, be sure to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com. Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode, and we so much appreciate you sharing with others and your friends and tell them about the show. We'd also love it if you'd one more time consider joining Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast as a subscriber. Absolutely. And keep in mind that your subscription helps us get the word out to as many people as we can possibly reach.
So we appreciate you partnering with us. Don't forget, it's BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. And thanks again for joining us today.